Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Get the Table. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dally Boys of What Culture, Michael Ampler and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And the issue today is the wrestlers who could be Soraya's major secret AEW partner. And before we get into who that could be, Sidge, why is this almost guaranteed to be a major secret partner? Um, the time and place of this, I feel, are incredibly significant. And can I just say as well that I wrote the article on which this podcast is based before Fightful Select broke the news, or sorry, PW Insider, uh, sorry, broke the news that um, the presumably former Sasha Banks may well be appearing at New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom. But my... Uh, Spidey senses tingled when I saw Kia Forum January 11th. This isn't something that's happening next week, which, for example, you could get anyone, basically, who you want to push and put them in the ring with the three biggest stars in the women's division in AEW. Kia Forum is in Los Angeles, California, and that is the place when they last held the taping there, that MGF cut the pipe bomb promo, but before which they were saying, look, we're getting the executives there. And we're really looking forward to their presence. And it was basically the pressure was on to deliver an absolutely fantastic episode of Dynamite. And in fact, they did. But I feel like if any executive from Warner Brothers Discovery, and we are very, very close to the rights fee Mm -hmm. renegotiation process, is going to attend any Dynamite to get a real gauge of how hot this product is in the buildings, it's going to be on January 11th. And... um, the, the timing as well, it's not just next week, it's a month from now. This is the longest amount of time I think they've teased any kind of big female wrestler, mm. whether it's a de- debutante, a returnee, or someone from a, a, another promotion. Um, there's plenty of time now to do what AEW loves to do. We saw it with the first dance. Uh, we saw it with the, um, the teasing of the Exalted One. They love to drop red herrings. They love to do Easter eggs. They like to tease the hell out of it. This just feels like if they were ever going to bring in the biggest women's name in company history, this is the exact sort of means by which they would do that. And the obvious place to start, as you alluded to, is the the former Sasha Banks, potentially. 
it just feels like it could be happening. It's closer than ever. If you look at the discourse and if you look at the various factors that have converged to arrive at what's barely a hot take as of overnight, um, it's in California. That's where Sasha Banks is from. It's a big pomp and circumstance deal a month in advance. Um, as we discovered, they've never really gone to those lengths to really put something like this over. Um, Sasha Banks and Soraya are really unfortunately linked um, in that they had what was then known as Soraya's last mm. match. So there's something in the narrative linking them um, together. She's filed certain trademarks to register new ring names if she was going back to WWE. And, you know, she still might. Mm-hmm. She would be going back there as um, Sasha Banks and not like Mercedes Money or whatever all the other ones are. And it just feels like a big event. And is there a bigger... We don't even know ultimately whether she's a free agent, but mm. let's just say she is. There's absolutely not a bigger one in um, all of pro wrestling right now. Yeah, it certainly seems to be uh, sort of heading that way in terms of what Sid alluded to there, Hamlet. In terms of, I saw people suggesting the immediate aftermath of that story about her work in uh, New Japan. That well, you look at the calendar and you think maybe her deal with WWE runs out at the end of December, mm. January frees her up for work in New Japan. Uh, no compete if a, a deal just runs out, of course, rather than her you know, yeah. being fired or get, asking for a release early or anything like that. And yeah, January 11th, tagging with Soraya against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter could well be on the cards for Mercedes Vernado or yeah, whatever name she chooses to go by. Yeah, I think even before the, the Wrestle Kingdom news or before the um, announcement of the Soraya needing a mystery partner thing came up, People were already at that point because of things like the contract or indeed just fantasy booking after she wasn't at the Survivor Series. People were already looking for routes to her to make it into AEW anyway. There was, I saw a little bit of speculation that maybe she was going to be Bow Wow's representative in the Jade Cargill story because presumably it's not going to be Bow Wow versus Jade Cargill. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a woman at the end of that plot thread and she, you know, she was seen as somebody that. And that made sense in and of itself because Jade Cargill herself is a massive star and that would be a big money, big marquee match that AEW could promote. This one sort of feels even bigger in the context of the Wrestle Kingdom news. It's that it's that momentum thing where she's going to put herself back in the conversation on the fourth of January to potentially wrestle on the eleventh. It, it's striking while the iron is absolutely white hot. Now, of course, she could go back to WWE and you could have something very similar where she could work the Royal Rumble, and they're not that far apart either. Mm. So it's just January becomes her month. She's back in time for the Rumble, but. Yeah, with the the news of the Britt Baker and Soraya tag match being announced, it does have a certain... I didn't even realise about the location until Sidge mentioned it, but it does have something of an event about it, an event feel about it, because AEW wouldn't be, frankly, like promotionally stupid enough to promote something like that in advance without having a big payoff. They're not... It would be... Like, it would be within the rights of the paying customer... Uh, the viewing public, if you bought a ticket or you're just watching the show, to be extremely critical of any booking where somebody is brought in and it isn't a major surprise, uh, a returnee, a debutante, someone of that nature. So basically the person is the headline the next day. Mm. Whatever happens on that dynamite, one of the headline stories will be who that person is. If it's not and they've just pulled somebody out of the mid-card or if you can even say that in the women's division, somebody that is just a regular on the roster, that's promotional malpractice because it buries that woman Mm. based on the like unrealistic expectations placed against them, which only strengthens the idea that it has to be somebody of a Sasha Banks level or indeed some of the other people we're going to talk about because I just don't think they'd harm somebody else yeah. on the roster with, like so unnecessarily as well. One more thing on Sasha before we move on to the other potential candidates here is that if you're an executive 
and you're attending AEW and you are deciding how much money to allocate it if indeed there is going to be a new rights fee, okay? This could be a masterstroke on the part of Tony Khan because if it is Sasha Banks, one of genuinely a handful of needle movers in WWE, if you look at her ratings record... She got one of the biggest ratings of the entire year in 2020, I think, when she, she worked with the demo god. Yeah. Yeah. And she had a match with Bailey. That was the most watched segment of all of either 2020 or 2021. I can't mm-hmm. quite remember. But certainly it was absolutely enormous. I think it was 2020 it was in the Thunderdome fact. Smackdown it rematch was, after Hell Like after yeah. they were in trouble during the performance center era. Like she really helped mm. bring WWE's ratings back to where they needed to be at that point. If you're an executive, and it's not just this one night pop, you've got a potential needle moving star here. How impressed are you going to be? Because there are going to be two absolutely deafening pops in one huge double pop. She's from California, so you get the hometown buzz. And can you think of a bigger shocker? It's up there in Mm. the top five, if in fact Mm. it happens. An all-time AEW top five surprise pop. But then again, we assume, you know, if it is an ex-WWE talent making a jump to to AEW, that it could be Sasha. Well, someone else also there when they chuck their tag team belts at John Laurinaitis, of course, who uh, we've seen actually hanging out with uh, members of the AW roster as well, and that's Naomi. Yeah, it was Jade Cargill, wasn't it, she was seen with recently. Um, it would be great, and it would go down extremely well with the live crowd for different reasons to the Sash Banks one. And this is, I think that this is part of a bigger picture. It's not a problem with the situation Naomi finally like finds herself in currently, but here we are. Um, talking about Sasha Banks as the headline of this podcast and indeed like the headline name for this. Naomi's going to have to face a lot of that in the near future and it's not really her fault. They're left as a tag team and they're left together but it's what Sasha Banks does next has become the story. Yes. Um, which is natural. That like That's the reality of one star being bigger than another. I don't even think Naomi would argue that Sasha Banks is a bigger star than her but she is absolutely a star within her own right. She has a fairly glittering reputation actually as somebody, again, you talk about who... Who stands out and why in WWE that forever has been the brand rather than for the individuals? And she routinely got some of the biggest reactions on shows despite going years without a story, without anything that could resemble a push, without a title reign. Like, we're going back to, I think it was 2018 that she had any kind of time at the top of the card fighting for the title when she, like, lit up the belt and things like that. People still cling to that despite her going years and years and years before tagging with Sasha Banks. And even then... Like, they protested, if you remember, because they were appalled with their own booking. So even when they won the belts, they were a makeshift team, and then they weren't being taken seriously after they won them. So she's kind of carried over a remarkable amount of fan support for somebody that wasn't that well-nurtured by the promotion. They had this thing, and they did this with a lot of women in WWE, where when they were genuinely firing in that women's division, they had a lot of women that were all getting over at the same time. They got them all to a point, and then they just stopped caring about the lot of them. For years, WWE got away with pretty lazy booking in the women's division. Naomi was as guilty as anybody of that. And I just think if she came in now, nobody would remember, say, like the last two or three years of what she was doing in WWE. They would remember what they really loved about her when she got very, very over. Yeah, I'm talk, you know, we talk about needle movers, and obviously Sasha's more of an example here, but I still remember the buzz around that Royal Rumble when Naomi came in and WWE... Frittered it away. Frittered it away. Yeah, absolutely disgraceful. Like, absolute wild incompetence. They live their whole lives in WWE, trying to aspire for mainstream coverage and, like, really getting back into that sphere. They had an opportunity, and they failed themselves and Naomi dismally in that regard. One thing we should mention here, and this is more of a general point, is that it's kind of pie in the sky at this point to consider any major name. 
does Tony Khan care enough about women's professional wrestling to roll out the red carpet to the extent that we are effectively fantasy booking here? Mm. That really is up for debate, and I don't think that's latent cynicism. I honestly think that is a genuine good faith um, projection based on how much of an afterthought this division continues to be. It's enjoyed a better last couple of months than it has in quite some time, but there's still only one match per show. Will that dissuade um, Sasha and Naomi from potentially coming in? Will they be made guarantees of, no, we're really going to have to care if stars of your caliber come in? Um, Jade Cargill on Twitter not too long ago wrote something to the effect of, or maybe it was a media interview. I know she definitely said it, but, you know, women don't get the opportunity to have five-star matches here in AEW, even though we could. So she's been, like, very mm. quietly negative about the way in which um, women's wrestling gets portrayed. So maybe that NBA game that she attended alongside uh, Trinity Vartu, uh, Naomi, <laughs> right, um, could, in fact, dissuade her from joining All Elite yeah. Wrestling. I'll tell you one thing, though, the complete opposite of that is that Tony Khan loves the W Fun Pop. He debuted Mr. Brody Lee and Matt Hardy on the same March 18 Dynamite of 2020. Uh, All Out 2021, he debuted Adam Cole and Brian Danielson at the same time. What if... Jeff Jarrett and Shibata. I know you're <laughs> taking the piss. Double Pop? Double, Double Pop. Pop Dynamite. Yeah. What if tag team match, right? And God bless her, she plays the role that she plays incredibly well, but it might not work in this context. What if Soraya and... Mercedes Venado win because they would absolutely have to. What if Reba joins in a beatdown and then Naomi comes out? Ooh. Great. Yeah. They could do that. Yeah. They absolutely could do that. But, you know, they're not necessarily a tandem package. Naomi mm -hmm. could have complete aspirations of her own. But ultimately, Tony Khan would be kind of stupid if they're available, mm -hmm. not to sign both of them mm -hmm. very, very quickly and at great expense. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Of course, it might not be someone from, from outside the company. It could be, Sige, a former world champion who could uh, partner against the current world champion. Hamlet made the exact same point independently of myself, I might add, in the article, which, this is a transcript, but go and read it, whatculture.com <laughs> slash WWE. It would be so harsh on Tony Storm in particular if after all that time it was revealed to be Tony Storm because you'd give her sort of the, the Sam Allardyce treatment. She's already received enough of it for me. She is kind of known as the, the safe pair of hands, the custodian of the women's division, the one you need to rely on when the real champion goes missing, for example. This woman is a star, and she's 27 years of age. She should not be stigmatized as the, oh, that's nice, but uh, I was kind of expecting something a bit more. Like, I think that would be, as Hamlet says, promotional malpractice, like really harsh on Tony Storm because... Look, we might be creating these expectations um, unique to ourselves in our own heads, but come on, the time, the place, this really feels bigger than the norm for the AEW women's division. And I would hate for Tony Storm, who already was cursed to sort of exist at the same time as the fans had chosen Jamie Hayter, I would hate for her to be further stigmatized as the safe pair of hands, the safe bet when she could and should be a much bigger star in her own right and independent of this discussion, I hope that's the case for her in 2023. Yeah, and she'd be completely justified in wanting to get revenge on, on Baker and Hayter, of course. Yeah, it's not that the story isn't there. It's just this story isn't there. This, here's your free ticket, or here's your guest pass to a surprise wrestler or something like that. And she's already on a contract. Like, it makes yeah. no sense. Tony Storm could have that match. And Tony Storm is, like, especially within the context of the AW Women's Division, is our wrestler of the year. Like, absolutely, she will be one of the wrestlers I remember when I think of 2022 for the run she had as interim women's champion. Like, on a similar vein, considering that the woman she was replacing there is a thunder rosa return potentially mm. like on the cards like we don't know for definite but the relationship isn't completely broken and she theoretically in the story should come back as a baby face and should be looking for revenge on and has this long-standing legacy yeah. with Britt baker and should be looking for revenge on jamie Hayter. it's all there but she too i think would be i think would be inadvertently cast in a nightmarish position as uh, Soraya's mystery partner because she's somebody that I think when if you remember and it like it wasn't very kind but when fans when uh, Renee Paquette was sent out there to announce that Jamie Hayter was now the woman's champion in the room that was a big pop went out people weren't clamoring for Thunder Rosa to come back and have this title for title feud decided so I think that would put her even a, in even a worse position than Tony Storm but narratively speaking she's somebody that would make sense in the spot it just reminds you that there is nobody on the roster even your favorites and there's plenty more would really fit the spot. Not the way they've set it up. It would be an execution of Thunder Rosa in particular, Mm. because if you look at the reception that Soraya herself got at uh, Full Gear and ahead of it, the fans clearly consider Britt Baker to be the face and their favorite wrestler in that division. Everyone kind of knows the AEW audience is dialed in. This casual fan nonsense is a complete nonsense. They're dialed in. They know that real significant... Um, heat exists between Rosa and Baker. So if they give her the red carpet, baby face, partner treatment, mm. it's an execution of her character if it's not already untenable right now as it is. What about someone like Yuka Sakazaki? Uh, great. Um, I feel like Sidra could be more expert to speak on like what she offers to the division as a whole. Uh, but I, I kind of find the same problem with her. Like She is tremendous, independent of anything else, but I do think it scans... Uh, I dare say that might get one of those really awkward, polite cheers on the night, and they are just simply not booking this for a polite cheer. Yeah. It's the it's what, like like mid, early December as we record this? It's for January the 11th. 
Like, AEW simply do not put something in place for January 11th in early December to get a polite round of applause when a wrestler comes out. And that's not a dig at Yuka Zakazaki, nor is it a dig at a Riho who typically gets an enormous pop, for example. There's lots of wrestlers that get lots of great reactions. Sakazaki is another one. But I just don't think that it's that specific kind of reaction that they'll be chasing with this device. This would only work under the promise that Sakazaki is going to be around for a long time, whether she signs a deal or whether it's going to be a big, long Takeshita-esque excursion exercise in that she gets over every single time. I remember the Baltimore Dynamite, the worst card, like, outside of the pandemic that they've ever put on. Like, all due respect to Deanna Parazzo and uh, Mercedes Martinez, who, in their own right, are both great professional mm. wrestlers. That was as cold as ice. The show started with Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Fish, which was very, very slow indeed. And that crowd were in their right to be kind of pissed off, considering the standard of Dynamite elsewhere. Riho and Yuka Sakazaki worked Rampage and got them out of the mood, bang up for it, and got the loudest um, reaction on the show. Riho's pops are always enormous, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I think Sakazaki in particular, they've always, from literally day one, double or nothing, gravitated towards Sakazaki. She's been a cult favorite. And she had wrestled prior to that episode of Rampage against Riho, like a calendar year before that, in a match with Penelope Ford um, at Fighter Fest 2021. They remember her, they love her, because she's got this absolutely incredible sort of like deceitful speedster in-ring game, and it contrasts with that incredibly enchanting, wholesome look. She's just got the complete package of how to get over. So I do think if it's not a major, actual A-level, high-end WWE import, she stands a better chance than anyone of getting over, but I'm obviously very personally biased to Sakazaki. I think she's an incredible pro wrestler that probably speaks to my bias as much as anything else. I think there would be an air of disappointment if it is, in fact, her. Uh, Finally, Sage, as we wrap this up, um, I'm fairly confident in saying that we might not see CM Punk on AW television anytime soon. That doesn't stop another member of the Punk household getting involved. No, it doesn't. And I think there might be a temptation among some to say, well, she's married to CM Punk. Yeah, she's married to him. They're not the same person. Mm. She can have um, her own thoughts and ambitions completely outside of that marriage and join AEW irrespective of the sort of, like, appraisal she will have inevitably got at home. She could, she's her own person. Mm-hmm. She could theoretically go into that organization and be a star. She hasn't wrestled for a long, long time. I don't think that's because she never liked it or anything like that. She was a super fan, and she was buried for this. She celebrated her first title win, and these arseholes buried her for it on commentary by getting a tattoo to mark it and celebrate it. She worked as hard as anyone to get there. She loved it as much as anyone. The problem, realistically, for me is twofold. One, she had a really bad neck injury. It's kind of ironic, considering who she should be partnering mm-hmm. with to say that that could prevent her from doing it. But, uh, yeah, I just really can't see it on that basis. And, look, toxic male wrestling fans chanted CM Punk's name at her incessantly before they hated his guts. She would be completely well within her rights, even if she'd healed and wanted to come back. Can you imagine the reaction that she would be in for? It's utterly, wholly unfair but it's not unrealistic to expect that exact scenario to play out. It is fair, but selfishly, I would love to see AJ Lee back wrestling on a you know a major wrestling show. Yeah, um, for wrestling such a short time together, her and Paige had remarkable chemistry, mm. um, even briefly as a tag team in WWE as well. 
Um, I completely agree with the sentiment. There should be more of this discussion about how it's nothing to do with, especially because it always works the way of women and their husbands rather than husbands and their wives. It shouldn't be a reference as to who's married to who as to whether or not somebody works in a place. We should be long, long past that now, which is why I'll offer one last shout of Charlotte Flair, uh, bring her <laughs> in. Also yet to return to WWE, get, yeah. the, uh, get the PCB back together, uh, whatever they were called. <laughs> that was the second one, wasn't it? Because the submission sorority was oh, unbooglable. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But what did it stand for? Just the letters. Hey, of the Charlotte women. Becky was yeah. it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to see AJ Lee back, but it's a bit of a long shot. Feels unlikely. She was last attached in wrestling to that. Was it um, like not a glow, but a women of wrestling? Women of wrestling yeah. come back, but even then, that was just as like an authority figure. Yeah. So the fact that she wasn't announcing a like a soft launch to return to the ring there sort of gives you a clue that maybe taking bumps. Against she's got loads of projects. I think yeah. she's yeah. just um, written a first. Movie script, and that's um, on Netflix right now. So she's got... Return to wrestling is always return to falling on your back for a living. <laughs> like yeah. It's not just a case of, like, I used to do that. I'll go back to doing yeah. that. And she has way more income streams mm. than, you know, she basically does not need to do it. Yeah. Exactly. She's multi-talented. Well, let us know your thoughts uh, on the names we've suggested, or if you've got a pick of your own, let us know in the comments section below, or on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch so you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dudley Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 